Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. I also am rolling. I'm not rolling. I'm actually smoothing. I'm smoothing and scooping. I got the roller because I have had a headache since I woke up. Mm. And you said you had a migraine as well. Correct. And I just took out my jade roller. And God, it feels so good. I'm instantly feeling better. Rolling the cold stone on my face. Yeah. If you hear me rolling, that's what it is. This feels so good. I could fall asleep right now. Honestly. Well, it's the last day of this god-awful year. It's not just me and you. Three other people have texted me this morning being like, I woke up with a nasty fucking headache. And I honestly feel like it's the culmination of everybody's like stress from this year just being like, fuck you. And like our brains are just like, enough is enough. And honestly, it doesn't matter, right? Because it's just another day. Tomorrow is just another day. It's really not that serious. The Gregorian calendar has been made up by the Romans or who made it? You should know this. You're a smart person. <laughs> Why should I know? Isn't you know Julian, everything. Isn't, Julian, isn't that called the Ju- Julian calendar because it's Julius Caesar? It's a Gregorian Julian. calendar, no? Who's Greg? Um, I don't know. <laughs> is, it, is it Greg, Greg Bennett? Greggy Bennett. Greggy Bennett Bennett came up with it. Look, I'm a nerd, but I'm a nerd with the migraine today. Okay, it was, you know what? It was Pope Gregory in the year 1582 announced this calendar form. Okay, well, you know, for us, like for me, I'm like, I follow the Islamic calendar, which I don't, by the way. But, you know, the Gregorian calendar is a made up thing. Time is a made up concept. (laughs) It is. I sound like I'm high right now, and I promise I'm not. It's just the impact of this beautiful rose quartz stone rubbing against my face to deal but with. But also, headache. it's the god awful weather today. I know half of the country has snow coming in. Mm. There's snow in Dallas today, mm. and it's the weather is all over the place. We are all over the place. It's going to be a um, completely confusing episode. I feel. <laughs> Well, you know, well, you know what? I think I also have a headache because Jesus fucking Christ, Potomac. Let's talk about it. All right. So today's episode, we're really not going to be touching much on Salt Lake City. There was no Atlanta this week. We're going to primarily be talking about this final episode of the Potomac reunion. I think it deserves a full episode only because the season gave us so much. It gave us to the point, I feel, we had our highs and we have been high for so long that now it hurts. Oh my God, you're right. We're hungover. This is what this headache is. We have a Potomac hangover headache. (laughs) After this episode i don't want to talk about monique i don't want to talk about giselle i don't want to talk about candace i really don't i don't want to talk about any of their any of their arguments and i don't want to argue with anyone online and <laughs> talk to anyone online i'm done I'm, I'm done, done. <laughs> i think i've had way too much i might need a detox 
I agree. I think we need to detox. You know, the epi- the season came. The key- season came to winging. Yes, they came in so hot. It was great. But I think the reason why I find this final episode and why I'm just now exhausted is because, unfortunately, this is the reason why Beverly Hills started to make me upset. This is the reason why Atlanta sometimes got exhausting. Is that you see a show on TV and then there is a subplot of things that happen off camera. And I just want to go ahead and say one thing. I started watching Housewives not because I want to research what happens to these people when they're not being filmed. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I don't care about it, but it just adds another layer of like confusion and frustration for me. I want to be able to enjoy the show because it's truly, it's ridiculous. It's funny. It's Mm -hmm. trashy. There's these things Mm -hmm. that happen on camera. It is a form of entertainment that I see on television. What I don't want to have to do is read and watch extracurriculars to figure out what the fuck is going on before and after the season they do this in beverly hills they do this in atlanta and it takes the fun out of it and i think that's what i came to at the end of this season and especially in the reunion is there's all this shit that happened off camera that is now being technically brought on camera but was also not really even brought on camera deducing all of that information is giving me a headache yeah And there are people who are dedicated to doing that and enjoy doing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are not those people. We want to watch it for the fun of it. We want it for the delusion, which is why I like Karen. I like a delusional older housewife. Yeah. um, That is going to pick silly fights and it's not going to get serious and it's not going to be team this versus that just for the sake of an argument and go so hard that you have to look up everything, every detail, every article that's been written about it, true or false, and then litigate it on social media. That is tiring. That turns into work, okay? We already have jobs and we already have stress in our jobs and we are... The, the world is full of so many different things that are wrong with it. The housewife should be the least amount of work. This becomes too much work when all of the stuff that wasn't aired, that wasn't shared in that one hour every, every week, is then brought into the reunion. And now it's not even about what you watch, but what, all the other stuff that wasn't discussed, that wasn't watched, that was, you know, you are breaking the fourth wall, touching the third rail, whatever it is but you're now going all over and it's not fun anymore at that point so I almost feel like what Monique did first holding back her story she could have brought it up during the staying show she didn't Mm -hmm. but holding it back and then spitting it out at the reunion when that wasn't even the question asked that wasn't even the topic of conversation you open up a binder and start going at Giselle And now you're watching this play out and you're like, okay, what am I watching? This whole, there was a whole season of Potomac that was in a parallel universe that was happening in Monique and Chris's life that wasn't even shown on TV. Yep. So why not save it for next season? Instead, you brought it this season and now I have to, oh God, now I have to go research that and talk about that argue with strangers about that i don't want to agreed we said it on our very first episode you and i there's something very relatable about these women we Mm -hmm. can all watch the same thing and these teams that we form team monique team candace team bethany team carol team bethany team jill team bethany team ramona do you see it do you see a trend there 
I have three people in my team. I'm, I'm all three of them. No one. <laughs> but we form these teams, these alliances in our mind because we can watch the same thing and we relate to people differently. There's people right. that can relate to Monique in a way that we might not be able to because there's people who see themselves in Monique. Mm -hmm. I actually really see myself in Candace sometimes because there's something about how passionate she is. It's something about the triangle of tissue that she holds. <laughs> the origami of the tissue that you identify with. Guys, look, the origami <laughs> tissue is absurd, but I kid you not. Okay, when you wear lashes that heavy, the origami tissue is truly a godsend your makeup will not fuck up if you origami your tissue and let me tell you something candace did not origami her tissue well on stage she was no makeup was just streaking everywhere because she was just so upset she didn't have time to origami her tissue to correct her face. they should have a tray of pre-folded tissue for her <laughs> in front of her and they didn't have it and that 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 tells you how much uh, you know bravo is lacking <laughs> yeah everybody's mad at Andy, you think like you think bravo putting monique in a different hotel room is the problem bravo not giving her pre candace pre-folded napkins is the problem <laughs> people are gonna get so mad at you for saying <laughs> they're gonna be like arthie's arthie's team candace she cares about her yeah. napkins more about the mystery than the mystery i have, I have said i am team Team Karen, okay? I'm Team Karen and her ridiculous wigs and her ridiculous storyline. Now, see, Karen had her own storyline through the show, but she had it in the show. Yeah. Unlike Monique, who had it separately. Now, the other thing about Monique is that somebody who believes in QAnon mm -hmm. conspiracy theories mm -hmm. is so primed to believe in all kinds of cons mm -hmm. conspiracy theories, including that they are coming for her child and yeah. the child's paternity and all of this happened, which may have happened for all it's worth. It may have been discussed as an offhand joke or whatever. But she is the kind of person who is primed to believe that. And Chris is primed to believe anything Monique says as fact, right? Because yeah. that's what they are. They are anti-vaxxers. They are, and you know, QAnon conspiracies. And that's what they believe in. Yeah. So they, for them, it's not a big leap to take a small thing and blow it up into a huge big deal. Yeah. The rest of the cast just looks on and says, well, okay. It's not like nobody else has done this before to their other fellow housewives. Yeah. I think you had texted me this a couple of days ago, which was that the biggest mistake that Giselle made was trying to pick a fight with people who don't believe in science. Right. People who believe in conspiracy theories are not people that you should necessarily be arguing with because nothing that you say will change their mind. I think Bill mentioned that Monique is going to come out swinging and she's going to win because nothing that you say will make her change her stance. Sometimes that's viewed as arrogant and sometimes it's viewed as a person with conviction. Oh, 70 million people voted for Trump. Yeah, it's like it's believe in what they believe in and you cannot, they are not going to budge. Yeah, and I think depending on whether or not you see yourself in Monique, you're either going to say, wow, she is so strong in her convictions. What a good person. And if you don't see yourself in Monique, you're going to say, damn, this bitch is crazy and she's delusional. What we have to remember is that Housewives is the most fun when you cannot make up your mind about a person. Yeah. Like even Bethany versus Carol, 
there were so many times where I was like, shut the fuck up, Carol. And there were so many times where I was like, okay, Bethany is doing too much. That's what makes it so fun. It's the same thing with Monique and Candace for me, except for the QAnon stuff. When they got into that first fight, like last season, when Monique was pregnant and Candace was going off, I was like, Candace needs to shut the fuck up and sit down. Right. right. But the same way, I can also see myself in Candace's shoes and say, that's supposed to be my friend. Why is she defending Ashley, a woman who accused you of being a drunk two seasons yeah. prior? So I can understand like that kind of juxtaposition where you find yourself relating to each person a little bit. What happened that I found so exhausting again this season is that you can't even defend Candace without somebody being like, oh, so you support the shit that she does on Twitter? It's like, no. Almost everybody who defends Candace says, by the way, I can't stand Candace, but I think that get her getting beat up on camera or by anybody at work is problematic. Right. Or even with Monique. I actually loved Monique when she first came on. I actually really mm-hmm. enjoyed her. I love the fact that she got under Giselle's skin. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. She's gorgeous. She's, I don't think she's the most interesting, but to me, a lot of times it felt like she brought this normalcy to the show. Like I didn't feel like she was every time Candace does something obnoxious, she's got a friend on her side being like, you need to chill out. It's the same way every time Giselle does something obnoxious, Robin's on her side saying, you got to chill out. You know, like, I appreciated Monique for what she brought to the show. I think what became a problem is when everybody wants you to go all in 100% on everybody. It's okay to like everybody. It's okay to find yourself relating to everybody. It's becoming not fun. Yeah. (laughs) Like you said, I don't want to do the work. I don't want to have to defend these people like they're my family because frankly, they're not. They don't even fucking know who I am. So like, yeah, everybody needs to chill out a little bit. And the people that are going hard for them, and it's not even based on principles. It's based on other person is worse than this person. Therefore, I am. I like this person better. Yeah. Or therefore, I am on this team and I'm going to fight for this person. Why? They're both bad. We can let, uh, you know, uh, argue about who's worse than the other. But the fact remains that they're both terrible in what they did. Yep. And so can we not just agree to, you know, let that be and move on? And, yep. then, and, and then the comedy is lost. The point is that I watch these housewives for the comic relief. Yeah. Really. That's the bottom line. I want to yep. laugh at the women. I don't want to be taking up their sides and taking up sides and fighting for them. And they don't really care about me and they don't know who I am. And I don't really truly don't care about them so much other than their entertainment value. And they're just people, but I don't care about them personally. So why would I go and fight for them and argue about that? It, it just doesn't make sense. It's all for show. And next, next season for all, you know, they will be friends and they'll get back together. Who are you going to get? How are you going to get back from that feeling of being let down? Yeah, it's kind of like when you, <laughs> exactly. It's kind of like when you, you know, when you have two friends fighting and then you have to pick one friend's side and then you're yeah. like, oh yeah, that person is trash. And then next thing you know, you see them at a gathering and everybody's best friends again. And then you're the odd man out because you're the one that talks shit about that friend. It's basically the same thing. I will say though, we're not going to get that because Monique quit the show. Oh yeah. Oh, but she said she's done. I don't know what she was offered. She was apparently offered a contract. Was she offered a full-time contract Mm. or not? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why she had to wait until she got the contract to quit, which I feel like maybe she was offered less money. Mm. 
I think so too. Um, maybe there's some, uh, you know, there were some liability issues with bringing her on and they threw the cost on her and they said, well, because of this, you're not going to get a lot of money because we have to buy more liability insurance for you. Yeah. So this is why you're not going to get as much money. And she didn't like it. Yeah. Who, who truly knows? But the other thing is, yeah. I don't care about housewives contracts. I don't yeah. care about how much money they make. I don't care about what's happening behind the cameras. I don't care about what's happening on Instagram Live. I don't care about what's happening with who's plotting against who. First of all, what here's what I want for Andy Cohen moving forward. Anytime you now have a housewife signed to be on a show, you need to make sure that in their contract, you make it crystal clear that y'all cannot be talking to blogs. Y'all cannot be doing Instagram lives. You cannot have your own separate platform because it spoils the show for the people who don't want to do the Instagram investigative right. reporting. Right. Because I think that kind of made this whole thing not fun. It made everything really messy, really convoluted. It kind of just put a damper on everything. But what I do want to do on today's episode, because I want to prove a point that like everybody's in the wrong. So yeah. I'd love to talk about all of the things that didn't make any fucking sense. Shoot. Let's talk about all the things that we can all admit are egregious. Mm-hmm. Giselle talking about the paternity of truly one of the most adorable children we've ever seen on TV, mm-hmm. Baby Chase Samuels, mm-hmm. is gross. Yeah. Somebody bringing up that rumor is gross. Yeah. Whether or not Monique fucked her trainer, that I think is fair game in Housewives. The paternity of a child who cannot defend himself, that's gross. Yeah. Monique beating up her tiny co-worker is bad. Agreed. Check. Yeah, yeah check. <laughs> Candace being an absolute fucking disaster on Twitter, being horrible to people online, like being Jax Taylor level nasty on mm-hmm. social media. It's indefensible. You cannot stand by that. It's gross. It's terrifying. We can right. check that off. Karen being possibly a pathological liar and never coming out straight with anything. Yeah. It's not wrong to me because it's hilarious. Like that, that's fine. Yeah. Wendy talking down to people because she has four degrees and they don't is not nice. Yeah. It's not nice. Robin standing by Giselle's side despite Giselle being messy is not great. Mm-hmm. Those are all the things I think everybody can agree are the big problems that make everybody a little less likable. Yeah. Here's the things that we can all admit were wrong in Monique's whole approach on the reunion. Monique came to the reunion with a big scary binder. In my opinion, it was all fluff. I do not believe that binder had anything except for information about Pastor Jamal Bryant. What do you mm-hmm. think? I agree. I think the one that she had for my friend was all about Gigi stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was not about any of these women. And she had nothing much for Candace other than saying, "You, what did Candace do in the end of the day? What did Candace do to Monique? Monique heard from Karen that Candace was in a at a, do- a dinner where people talked about the paternity of her child. Yep. And Candace said that is dumb. So Monique should have no problems with Candace. But Candace really didn't do anything other than invite Sharice to a couple of events. And Monique was like, why would you invite her when she is spreading that rumor? But that's about it. Yep. She never she never brought that up with Candace separately. She could have brought it up with Candace and said, look, I know she's spreading these rumors. That woman is going to be there. Tell me I don't want to be in the same room as her. That would have been it. She didn't say anything to Candace at all. Anybody was going to bring it on camera or if some producer had told her that Giselle did bring it on camera and that was Giselle, then she should have been mad at Giselle, not at Candace. 
Mm-hmm. And all Candace did in that bar was be, she was just being mouthy. But other than that, what did Candace do? Nothing. But then you beat her up and then you don't address the beating up of Candace at all. You start off going at Giselle mm-hmm. and you should have gone for Giselle throughout the season. Why did you sit down with Giselle and act normal? Why did Giselle come into your house and you allowed her to be normal with your husband and your husband's taunting her and like, what does the baby look like, Giselle? Again, something we didn't know, we didn't see, none of that was aired. So until this reunion, when they brought it up. So I think that Monique was a terrible housewife and she played it wrong. She figured out halfway through that all of her issues were based because of that. And she should have addressed it and she hadn't addressed it. So she decided to address it at the reunion. Yeah. Give justification. And that's basically it. So she was being petty. Giselle was being petty. Candace was stuck, was caught in the middle and because she, because of her mouthy ways, she got caught in the middle. She could have kept to the side just like Karen did. Karen did not get in the middle of it. Or she just sat back and watched what was happening, even though she knew exactly what was happening. Agree on all the all the things that you said. The other thing I want to notice about note about Monique is that Monique, when talking about the fight over the course of the year has had multiple different triggers. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's the fact that Candace is bad on Twitter. Sometimes it's the fact that uh, hand gestures were used. Now there's a finger. Uh, Sometimes it's the baby stuff. Sometimes it's a glass of wine. At no Mm -hmm. point do we get an actual reason for why Monique beats up Candace. And she even says in her apology, and I want to know, Monique's apology was good. It was a good apology. She says, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. fight was never about you and nothing that you did warranted you being attacked that way. She says it. But then the reason why Candace cannot accept the apology is in Candace's mind, That apology came after she had been, Monique had been bragging on Twitter when Monique had been laughing about Candace getting beat up because she invited Monique to drag her. Monique wrote a song about Candace and then she denies that she wrote a song about Candace. She says, my therapist said, why don't you write about what you feel? And then Candace is like, so you wrote the song about me. And Monique's like, wow, the narcissism. How can you believe that I wrote that song about me, about you? Bitch, you just fucking said it. Like, they cannot keep track of the things that they're saying because I think that there's truly a lack of self-awareness. People call Candace out on her bullshit online. What does she say for herself? She says she's a wordsmith. You are not a wordsmith. You're an asshole. (laughs) You're an asshole. That's a wordsmith way of saying you're an asshole. (laughs) Yeah, it's like like if Ramona, it's like every time Ramona says, I mean well. It's like, you don't mean well. You don't. You're not a wordsmith. You're an asshole. (laughs) But at the same time, Monique still doesn't, that still did not give Monique any reason to make all of this about Candace. Monique, you can't be smart and stupid. You can't say that you are so smart that you know that Candace does snake stuff but then not come with a binder with any information on what it is that Candace did. Now, Chris is the yeah. Chris has brought it up. Chris Samuel said, you should have told Monique that they were talking about all this. Mm-hmm. The, the problem was that these rumors, the discussion about bringing up this rumor on camera happened around mm-hmm. the time the last reunion was filmed. 
And at their last reunion, Candace and Monique had just made up. She wasn't in a place with Monique yet where she felt like she could go and talk to Monique about it. So she called Karen instead. That's what Mm -hmm. Candace did. That was Candace's grave mistake was not going to Monique directly and not talking to Monique directly about what's going on. Mm -hmm. A note about Charisse is that Ashley's gone online and even Monique has mentioned that Charisse wasn't the problem. It was never about Charisse. Yeah. That's the big issue I have with the people that defend Monique to the end. It's never really about what Monique is saying because nothing Monique says makes sense. It's always about the fact that they just don't like Candace. People usually like Monique because they don't like Candace. And the irony is even the people that defend Candace don't really like Candace. (laughs) Yeah. Candace is an unbelievably unlikable person. But that's why she makes a that's why she makes a great housewife because yeah. she's so unlikable. <laughs> she, See, nobody is disagreeing with any of that, right? Yeah. So you don't no one disagrees that Candace is not likable. No one disagrees with any of that. Uh, Monique saying that that song was not that was the funniest shit ever. I'm like, you called it what did you call it? Drag queens? What drag is it? queens. Literally picked the words from your fight and put it in there yep and um, first of all congratulations that's a great song by the way of all the housewife songs i think that one has a lot of good beat okay call me a candace apologist i don't care but i see you it's still my favorite (laughs) (laughs) how does it go (laughs) i don't know what words to say or something like that right it's like (laughs) yes (laughs) To ever say how much I love you. It's great. That is like, yeah, that, see, now this is where you should pick teams. Team Monique or Team Candace on the song. You know what? I picked Team Candace because, like, rap isn't really my thing. So I picked yeah. Candace when it comes to the song. You know what? What song yeah. I don't pick is Coffee and Love. <laughs> Coffee and Love is the worst. It's even worse than Kim Zolciak. So that is a, that is a very sad statement. It's worse than Kim Zolciak. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a real bad song. But anyway, back to the point. Yeah, her saying that the song was not about Candace. Like, Monique, you may have had a point, but now you're just lying. Because that song yeah. is about Candace. Don't say that it's yeah. not. It's definitely oh, about God. Candace. Yeah, don't don't lie. Doesn't yet matter. Say it is about Candace, and it helped you move on. It helped you um, reconcile everything you did. <laughs> just say that. I would have more respect for Monique if she just owned it yeah. and said, "No, I am not apologetic," and just said that instead of saying, "Yeah, I was upset." When Monique says I was upset, she means that I was upset with that. I there was a fight, and I was haunted. Not that I was upset that we got into a fight, and I harmed. Candace. Yeah. And to say that Candace deserved the beating because she said drag me Monique. Drag me Monique had become a viral sensation prior mm-hmm. to her saying that. So Candace yeah. came into work to do her job. Her job is to be feisty and be annoying. And she even says she was like, I thought I was being funny. I said drag me Monique, like whatever. You can show me 15 times. Yes, Monique flipped Candace's hair. Candace grabbed the jacket. Giselle pushed Monique. Monique goes for the head grab. Okay, let's just call it what it is. Hair flipping, wrong. Jacket grabbing, 
wrong. Giselle pushing Monique back while well-intentioned was probably the biggest mistake she made. Ultimately was the reason why Monique went in for the grab. Then Candace Mm -hmm. is wrong when Candace runs around calling Monique ghetto trash and hood rat and all that. And then Monique is wrong for running into into the barn, running after Candace and telling her that she's going to, you know, end her or finish her. All of those things are wrong. So far we can say the pre-season, the off-camera shit is unnecessary and confusing and annoying. The fight was bad and polarizing and you can see how depending on the person that you side with, you might think one is worse than the other. But we can all agree that it was all really, really bad. For folks like me and you who just want to be there for the comedy, I think for us, the thing that was hilarious was like Ashley's reaction when she came out of the bathroom. Yeah. (laughs) That because that was all of us. Yeah. When the fight ended, I think almost everybody was like, oh, okay, yeah, Monique was in the wrong. But I think where it switched again is when Candace decides to press charges. And then when the litigation stuff starts into it, let's be honest, most of us are not watching it with some sort of fucking legal perspective. Nobody here has taken the LSATs. (laughs) We've never taken the bar. Nobody is a, I mean, many people that watch are licensed lawyers, but nobody needs to put on their fucking Atticus Finch glasses on and try to become lawyers here in this dumbass fight. Mm-hmm. You can admit that if Candace had not done that, I think Monique mm-hmm. would have come to Candace with an apology and you would have had a situation where maybe you can resolve it. Because at that point, Monique could have said, I know that this has nothing to do with you. And really mm-hmm. the person I'm the most mad at is my friend Gigi. So I think right. that there was still a potential for resolve. But when Candace decided to go and take legal matters into her hand, it also put production in a pinch where they said, well, we can't have both of these people on camera because right. we have a legal issue to deal with now. So I think right. it became a new, a separate liability. And I think for mm-hmm. viewers like me and you who just want to see fun shit on TV, for us, it became a thing where it was like, now you're denying us something fun on TV and I don't like that. Yeah, I don't want to know how the sausage is made. No. I don't want to know the details. I don't want to know the production details. I don't want to know the process details. I want to see funny shit on TV and this going deep into it and just peeling away all the layers is like, uh, I don't need that. It's exhausting. And the I think the other big mistake was the ladies putting this intervention together because I don't think at that point Monique was ready to be any way except combative and defensive. Somebody brought this Mm -hmm. up and I don't know where I saw it on Twitter, but somebody brought up the point that if you think about Monique's background and you think about Candace's background, they're both defending themselves coming from a place of their own realized childhood trauma. So Candace is a brat, but Candace grew up very wealthy and very entitled Mm -hmm. and very protected. Candace's trauma is a coddled trauma, whereas Monique's trauma is never feeling good enough as a Black woman because the world that we live in is inherently not suited for somebody like Monique. The Mm -hmm. society that we live in is not suited for that. But Monique still has a ton of success. She's a wealthy Mm -hmm. woman with multiple homes. Monique has all the things that I don't think she ever imagined she would get. So she's defensive of of holding on to it. Candace has all the things that she's felt she's been entitled to have because she's a pageant girl. So I think that the way that they even approach the resolve is different. Yeah. Candace demands an apology and Monique is expecting support, but neither of them are actually like doing the work to get those things. For sure. 
Monique comes into his space and she wants support, but without ever owning her part of it. Candace comes in and just says, I demand this. So I'm going to go to the lawyer and I'm going to get it that way. And I think mm-hmm. if you look at these women with that sort of level of empathy, it gets us back into a point of saying it's hard to pick between the two. And that's why this is so fun. But yeah. the problem that social media does is that it makes us pick one side or want to exist in one side. And that's wrong. And that makes it right. unfun. I wish that they had, I actually wish that Monique didn't quit. I think it would have been really interesting to see the resolve on camera because if you see between the husbands, it's there. The Chris's make up. Yeah. So what did you think about, let's stop, let's start at this uh, husband's, right? So what did you think about when Chris Samuel came out and he refused to change the subject? He did not let um, Andy talk about anything other than this. He's like, no, I'm here for this reason. This is what we're going to do. And that's what I'm going to talk about and nothing else. What did you think of that? I thought I I kind of thought he was quite pushy in that moment. I understand why. I do understand why, because he was thinking of it from his son's point of view. And that's fine. But how did you feel? I did feel like it was very... um, contentional in that moment. I was just really glad that Juan Dixon was not there. (laughs) (laughs) Again, this again requires understanding of this goddamn Instagram live video, which Mm -hmm. is so annoying. Mm -hmm. Stop fucking letting housewives go on Instagram live and defend themselves. It is annoying. Yeah. Chris and, and Monique had a live. Chris Samuel said, I wish I could become Bruce Jenner and come and stomp all y'all bitches or something like that. So gross. Stomp the shit out of all y'all. And then Monique goes, yeah, he used to do that for a living. I was like, yikes. It was... It was really bad. So if a man went on social media and talked about stomping the shit out of me, would I want to see that man again? No, I would not. Mm -hmm. Would I be a little bit scared of that man? Yes, absolutely. Because it's wrong to threaten women that way. Would I bring a bodyguard to a set where there's a million people and probably other security guards as well and other security guards as well no i wouldn't it's like but would i bring that bodyguard and make him stand in the shadows for a dramatic effect yes absolutely that's what a housewife does exactly exactly (laughs) exactly it's like giselle is doing the thing that giselle gets paid to do Giselle gets paid to be a messy, crazy, melodramatic person. Is she allowed to be threatened by this person? Yes, she is. Is she also allowed to do her job and be melodramatic? Yes, she is. But because the nature of the fight is related to a sensitive topic such as a child's parentage, I think that people get really emotional. And I think the other underlying issue is people don't want to see the Samuels treated like a violent Black family, which I understand Mm -hmm. the sensitivity that goes around that. I think that that totally is a valid thing where somebody would feel some type of way and feel triggered by seeing that kind of a family played out on TV that way and want to feel protective of it. Absolutely. But all those things can be true at the same time. And But at the same time, Chris is saying he's going to stomp people out. And you have, Exactly. You have to be responsible for the yet, words yeah. that you use. Exactly. And his wife is saying that's what he did for a living. I mean, basically... <laughs> 
That is not a good look for you, Monique, when you have been accused of being violent or you have been violent on camera and your husband is saying he is going to be violent and yeah. you are condoning it by yeah. saying that's what he did for living. That does matter. And just as Candace's w- words matter, what Chris says matters too. And I'm glad he apologized. I'm so glad he did it to their faces because um, that was not cool at all. That was horrible. Yeah, the point of why Chris is so mad at Giselle and the thing he keeps bringing up about these people are plotting my child. Here's what we didn't see on TV, but then they showed. Mm -hmm. Did Giselle talk about it on the show? She did. But guess who brought it up first? Chris Samuels. The Samuels were so the Samuels were so scared that this information would come out is that they almost tried to get ahead of the information coming out, but without Correct. actually getting ahead of the information coming out. Correct. They sprinkled it. They gave Giselle the bait. Giselle took the bait. And now they're right. mad at Giselle for taking the bait. Should Giselle have continued to talk about it on the show? No, it's gross yeah. that she did. But Chris brought it up on the show first and everybody's really mad at Andy for not defending the Samuels and blah, 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 and going so hard on them. But Andy's bringing up a good point, which is you brought it up first you brought it up on the show Giselle followed your lead and she even said when she talked on camera she said I didn't say a word for one and a half years yeah I feel like this was an issue that Andy and the producers or the network actually looked into should they talk about this or not and they made a decision not to let that air not to let that story come through because they made the right decision of not talking about it And then these two bring it up anyways. And then they start to now the whole of social media is blaming them for not giving them support. I mean, they supported them by not airing it in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing I I think that drives me crazy in the Chris versus Giselle thing, everybody for some fucking reason keeps bringing up the fact that Giselle is up there, quote unquote, alone. She doesn't have a man defending her. Mm -hmm. Monique makes 15 different comments about, you can't keep a man. You ain't talking Mm -hmm. to my husband. That's why you don't got a man behind you. Why the hell does Monique keep talking about Giselle being single every chance she gets as if it's some sort of a weapon that she can use against her? Hate on Giselle for a lot of things, but keeping a man is not a prize, Monique. Right. This podcaster named Obi, he is at Odd Black Individual. He has a podcast called Odd Black Individual. He brought up a point, which is that Monique, Karen, and Ashley are kept women in relationships with men who they're not even sure love them. Mm -hmm. Monique was pissed off at Chris in the beginning of the season, and I felt like that was going to be her arc, dealing with her husband not doing enough in her marriage. Until she was obviously not allowed to film because she beat up her coworker. Karen's whole thing was she's not sure if Ray actually loves her. Ashley's Mm -hmm. whole thing is that her husband is cheating on her. So while Ashley, Karen, and Monique all have husbands, their husbands are not anything to write home about. And for some reason, Monique keeps bringing up the fact, and people on social media do it too, nobody likes Giselle. Jamal doesn't even like Giselle. Well, Okay, what does that have anything to do with anything? Right. I hate the fact that there's they keep digging on Giselle for not having a husband as if having a husband makes you a better person. It doesn't make you a better person because it obviously doesn't make Ashley a better person for having a piece of shit husband like that. It's like defend Monique, defend Chris all you want, but talking down about Giselle because she doesn't have a husband is, it's bullshit. The one thing I would say that I don't, 
quite like the term kept woman <laughs> for housewife because I'm like, they chose to be housewives. And yes. That's a job in itself. It's a lot of work. I, I don't quite. Yes, you're right. Like you're right. That, that is, term, that's not, it's not a great term. I, All this, at yeah. the same time, Ray did say that he gives Karen a stipend. And I was like, Jesus Christ, Ray. Right. What no, the fuck are right? you doing? That's the same. It's the same way. You're not, you're not giving them a stipend. You might agree on expenses and all of that, but that doesn't mean a stipend. You're not giving her whatever you bring home. If you are not, if your wife isn't making any money, it's for both of you. You're making earning money for both and it's family money. It's not your money that you're giving a little bit to your wife to. That's not how it works, but that's something that we need to move away from but yeah I, otherwise i agree completely with it that they are all have terrible they don't have spectacular marriages which is fine a lot of you know a lot of marriages are like that you yeah. don't have the perfect marriage ever but um having said that there's there's nothing terribly great about their man- marriages to the point where they would have to put down giselle for it right yeah um yeah. so and it doesn't quite bother Giselle either. So I don't I don't think it bothered her. She's so used to hearing this, she just brushed it off. Yeah. Off. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the Chris versus Giselle thing was I think it was fine. It was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It I didn't think it was as polarizing as people made it. It was like, yeah, Giselle's being melodramatic and Chris mm-hmm. Samuels is taking this quite seriously because it involves his son. But Chris Samuels is also not taking ownership about the fact that he brought it up on camera. Mm-hmm. It's you don't want to talk yeah. about it on camera, but you brought it up on camera, but didn't actually show on TV. But now you're mad that it didn't show on TV because it showed that other people were talking about it on TV. It's like right. you got to pick a lane, man. You got to pick a lane and right. you got to move on. I have a theory about what I would have liked to see on this season, which would have resolved a lot of the issues between mm-hmm. Monique and Candace. If the Chris's got together and it was just the Chris's and just Monique and Candace sat down together, the four of them, and talked about mm-hmm. what was going on. Because right. one of the sweetest things that I saw was Chris Bassett, how he rides for Candace. I think that's why I don't hate Candace. Chris Bassett seems like a very level-headed person. Right. The way that he rides for his wife, the way he calms her down, the way he makes her laugh. And even when he says, at the end of all this, all I really want, I just want my wife back. And I think that that was, it was just so sweet. And even Chris Daniels, the way he talks about Monique, both Candace and Monique have taken heat from somewhere, whether it's social media or otherwise on with the cast and Mm -hmm. their spouses have really come through for them. And their spouses are cool with each other. If after that fight, instead of it being at Karen's house, a mediation, and it was, if it was just the couples getting together, I think we would have had a spectacular season. Yeah. None of this would have had to happen. None of this would have gotten messy because Monique still can't tell us why she's mad at Candace and everybody's mad at Giselle. So it just looks ridiculous. Yeah, I I would have liked to see that. And and I, you are right that seeing Chris Bassett with, uh, you know, come to the defense of his wife and say the things he said, I kind of, you know, I started the season not liking Candace at all throughout mm-hmm. the break and everything with all the stuff she said on Twitter I was like, Candace is the worst. Candace is the worst. When I heard the news that Candace got beat up, and I believe that Candace threw the wine first, and that's why she got. I was like, well, if she did that, then that's what happened, right? Yeah. And so I was like, well, that sounds pretty much like Candace to do stuff like that and get into trouble, right? 
but having seen the season and then watching Chris um, defend his wife, I kind of like trying to, I'm trying to, I'm getting to a point where I think that there may be some redeeming qualities to Candace, which is why she would attract a man who would like her so much, right? Yeah. But yeah, to, for somebody to be um, that loving to her, I feel like she has some redeeming qualities there. So I have had a not complete 360 or, or a complete 360 as, she, uh, as uh, somebody said that. Who said that? Instead of 180, they said 360. They always say 360. Some dumbass always says 360. Yeah. I know. But I didn't do a complete 180, but I'm somewhere around there. I'm trying to turn around towards. I'm definitely leaning uh, towards. At the, at the end of the day, she's not a bad person. She just has... Um, impulse issues she's got mommy (laughs) issues too because she's taking it out on karen yeah she's dumping all of her issues with her family onto this cast and it's really transparent when you see her crying at karen saying you don't care about me i'm like whoa that isn't dorothy honey that's not dorothy yeah you gotta chill out yeah karen doesn't have to care for you the way you think she should that's yeah exactly it's not dorothy so stop looking for that in Karen. I felt sad for Candace in that moment. I was like, you have issues where you cannot, you're confusing Dorothy and Karen. You yeah. put all the, all the, um, all the love and affection that you wanted from Dorothy. You tried to get it from Karen and you got, you put it into your mind that Karen was like a mother figure to you. And now you feel disappointed. Yeah. As you just said it, I realized that Monique probably views Candace like a Gigi replacement because yes. when all that stuff with Gigi happened, Candace was the one that rode for Monique. She's the one that did the, helped her with the cease and desist. Monique potentially took Gigi's spot, put Candace on it, and yes. any slight from Candace felt like that's Gigi doing this to me and she took it out on her. It's the same way that Candace expected so much from Karen because she looks at Karen like a mother figure. It's just you're replacing a friend with another friend and you're not actually unpacking the issues while you were mad at that person to begin with. And I see that with with them. I also just on the topic of Chris Bassett and Candace, say what you will about Candace and Chris. Mm -hmm. Candace is married to Chris Bassett for love. There is no alternative reason why she married this man. That's true. He's not rich. Yeah. There's there's really a love between them. And I don't know if I can say the same for Monique and Chris Samuels. I mean, obviously, they have a great relationship now. We saw him crying for her. But, you know, she got wiped by an athlete. It's a different type of relationship. I agree with you on that. Did you feel like when Chris was crying, though, that that was real did it feel a little put on very put on to me but i don't know if that's just my own bias you know some people can see that and totally feel it i didn't feel it i didn't get the connection but i also felt like they were two very delusional people on stage that came with their narrative and they were going to stick to it and they didn't want to hear anybody else's opinions on it they just believe what they believe and they will not believe otherwise so i felt like all of it was just like talking to a wall i felt it was very put on i thought um andy and a couple of the other women even karen was like rolling her eyes a little bit there <laughs> but i was i felt like they might have heard online that she has issues with chris and that's why she beat up candace and chris was there to prove her wrong and when he saw chris bassett do that he was like i'm gonna do the same and it, it felt a little put on for a reason i'm not saying that they don't have a good relationship otherwise but in that moment it felt a little 
suspect. Yeah, and that's your opinion in the words of Tamara yeah. Harney. Yeah, it is my opinion. That's the feeling I got. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. You're not saying them. they don't love each other. You're just saying that that's the feeling that you got. Jeez. Everybody calm down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of marriages, Ray and Karen, we got to touch on this because Ray wants to renew those vows. And let me tell you something. Conspiracy time. Put on your 10 hats. It has been Ray's personal health that he's been in a lockdown with Karen Huger. And this is <laughs> This is Ray Huger's way out of this marriage by saying, I know what happens when people renew vows on Bravo. They get divorced. And this is how I rid myself of this craziness and finally move to Florida. <laughs> Karen is so dramatic. She's like losing it. And Karen, relax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, oh, also... So Ashley, and I was also like, yeah. please don't. Oh, the yeah, this couple will be broken up. Please don't. Are they that cute? <laughs> they are cute in their own way. She and hates his dick, yeah, and he hates her money, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> um, also, Karen has nothing to say about Juan and Robin. Like, she's like, I thought that I was going to say something, but I consulted with my husband and I'm not going to say anything. It's like, okay, Karen, you didn't have anything to say. So <laughs> let's not. You, you just made that up, Karen. There was nothing there. Yeah. Also, we do have to talk about Ashley and Michael. Oh, do we? It's, he better not come back. He better not come back. Okay, it's very not feminist of me to hold a woman responsible for her husband's actions. However, when a woman sits up there and defends her husband to the end, despite his absolutely disgusting behavior, now we must hold her responsible. If she stood up there and said, I know that Michael has a lot of issues. We're working on it. He doesn't think everything he did was right. She doesn't. She lives in delusion. She said, we're happier than ever. Everything is fine. And then she tried to talk about, oh, well, there have been a lot of things said about my husband over the years. So he has opinions about you women. Well, the things that have been said about your husband are true. So that's why people have opinions. Your husband is only doing it because he's pissed off because people are calling him out. Yeah. It's just, it's so crazy to me. And the big thing, like we said this last episode when we talked about Bravo that I still believe is that Ashley and Michael only ride for the Samuels because one, I think because obviously the Samuels have dirt on Michael, but two, mm -hmm. because I strongly, strongly believe that as long as Ashley picks a side on the fence, it keeps the fight going and it keeps us distracted from the real problem, which is Michael Darby. Mm -hmm. Completely, completely. And he better not come back. I mean, if of all the people that Bravo has fired, this would be one person that they should fire. There is no need for Michael Darby to come back. Ashley alone, I can tolerate. And Ashley alone might actually be good for the uh, show as well. We don't need Michael. Why do mm -hmm. we need Michael? We don't. We don't need Michael. We don't. I don't know what to do about next season. I had the highest of highs with this season. I thought it was the greatest season. As But as we progressed towards the end, it sort of uh, scared me that this is some a good franchise that was taken, that has just jumped the shark. Yeah. And that this is going to end up in a place where I will end up not liking it at all. 
And it's going to make me miserable. There's a theory that after five seasons, a franchise takes a nosedive. Mm -hmm. And this was the fifth season. So it's possible that that might happen. But I think there's a lot of potential for it to get better. I think that there's a potential next season to see how Karen and Candace heal their relationship. First of all, I don't even know what next season is going to be because they're not filming right now. Yeah. But I think what ends up happening is when something this dramatic plays out on a season and then the person that was the center of that drama is not allowed to be on the show the next season, Mm -hmm. it makes it all seem very fake. It's kind of like last season's Beverly Hills. You guys had all this drama against LVP and then you came in with a dud because you couldn't figure out who to stay more mad at. Yeah. It's kind of like that. So I I wish that Monique was on. I understand why she wasn't allowed to be on. You know, they're going to really need to think about the dynamics of this group when they restart the show. Because I don't want to see everybody being hunky-dory happy pretending like everything's fine because Monique's not there anymore they obviously yeah. have other issues and what I'd love is for yeah. everybody to focus on how Michael Darby and Ashley are like the most fucked up people to be on this show I cannot explain how Michael Darby has not been accused of something heinous at work or elsewhere I mean he has <laughs> Well, no, but not here. I mean, to the point where he is litig. There's lawyers involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's only one incident here so far, but his actual workplace and his actual business. And this this is not the first time. This won't be the last time. So there must be others out there that could that would be that could be talking about Michael Darby. Yeah, yeah. Um, another note I just saw in my notes that about Ashley is. Ashley is a lot like her mom in how delusional she is because Ashley's big issue with her mother was that her mother was in a relationship with a man who was really not good for her. Mm-hmm. And she was really mad at her mom for that. But right. Ashley also is in a relationship with a man who's not good for her. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's really holding on to that despite knowing how bad it is. So she's, it's really sad. It's kind of, you know, ends up being a cycle. Mm-hmm. So that's there. Karen ended, they all did their like one-liners at the end. And right. Karen called this a sister circle. And I was like, excuse me, ma'am, that is Quad's line. Uh, I know. I'm like, uh, does Quad know you're trying for her job? <laughs> <laughs> Quadria. Is, is it Quadria? Quadria? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Don't make Quad come and kick your ass, okay? You don't want that kind of heat. But I would love for Quad to be in Potomac. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Yeah, I think she would be awesome. I think Quad versus Candace. Quad versus Candace. Quad versus Giselle. It would mm. it would be awesome. Mm. I would love that. Oh, really yeah. quick, because we didn't really touch on it. Chris Samuel saying that Bruce Jenner line was disgusting. Oh, yes. And while he apologized for it later, the fact that it still came out of his mouth was absolutely yeah. fucking disgusting. And I think that part of what Andy's bias coming in might have been what Chris said and all of the... Yeah. other stuff you know he, Andy might have just been had some other issues with them and so he was not by he was certainly biased against um against the Samuels at that point yep something happened that is beyond this there's you know that was a reason um Bravo was acting shady, putting them in a different hotel before the uh, reunion and things like that. So something else was up that was complicating this whole conversation. Well, the word on the street is that (laughs) the word on the street is that the night that the fight happened, they Mm -hmm. didn't have the usual security team that they have. And Mm -hmm. 
No worries. And production had to come in and break up the fight, whereas usually they have security come in and break up the fight. And so production yeah. was pissed about that. But that's just like, okay, they yeah. have to break up the fight, but that is just job. I mean, yeah. if you don't have security, you have to do it. I don't think, why would production... So production being pissed off doesn't answer why they would get a bad edit. It was also the edit was weird. It was messy. It was messy. And yeah. I'm glad that it's behind us now. And as much as I love this this franchise, I'm worried about it. Mm-hmm. Still going to watch Me it. Too. Still love it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people that are like, I'm never going to watch Potomac again because of the way they treated Monique. Yeah. Everybody says this, okay? Stop it. Yeah. Knock it off. You are going to watch it. Don't be ridiculous. You're watching OC after everything that went down in OC. You're yeah. watching Southern Charm after everything that went down in Southern Charm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Watch. Don't be ridiculous. So we'll talk about Salt Lake City next week. We're going to talk about this week's and next week's together next episode because we're not going to have Potomac. But that's it for this week's Bravo recap. And hey, it's the last day of this year. Yay. Finally. We're done. You know what? My thorn was the whole year. Yes. But my rose was this podcast. Oh. <laughs> Actually. The same here. This <gasps> podcast has sort of been the most beautiful thing that has happened uh, this past year. We started at a point where I was feeling really low. Yeah. It was a pretty low point for me. And you had been asking to start this podcast for a while. And I finally said, what the fuck? Let's do it. Mm. And it has been so well received. Thank you, everybody who listens. It's been so good. You make me laugh so much, Noor. I'm thankful for your friendship. Oh, my God. This, this year because you really, truly make me laugh. Um, and this podcast has given me an hour and a half, sometimes two hours of just pure laughter. Mm. Um when the entire week has been a shitty week at work or personally. And this has just been awesome. This has been like therapy, the best therapy I could have ever had. So thank you for making me do this. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for not thinking that I'm bullying you into this. (laughs) (laughs) You still, you still have to convince me every week. Like, no, no, no. You are actually funny. No, no, no. It's okay. We can do this. No, we are actually good. Yeah, we are good. People saw your text to me every day trying to encourage me to keep doing that. They would be like, why is she so reluctant? No, it's just the Asian in me. It's the Indian in me. Yeah. I don't believe a good thing when it happens. Yeah, we're (laughs) self-deprecating people, okay? It's part of our brand, okay? We were raised to believe that we are garbage, but also that that is why we need to work extra hard to make everybody love us because we are garbage, so... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so I hope you have, I hope whoever's listening, because we're going to release this on Saturday. Um, I hope yeah. that you had a lovely, relaxing new year. I hope you got to be in your coziest pajamas. I got you. I hope you got to chill out and fall asleep eating ice cream because we're all old and who the hell stays up past midnight anymore, except for like anxiety and insomnia. Yeah. And I hope that it was great. And I hope this makes you laugh. And I hope that you can jade roll your anxieties away this weekend like we are. Yes. And hope you continue to listen and hope we continue to make you laugh. Yes. And think. Yeah.